Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Real Life or a Crime Daily for Friday, March 10th. And I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Gagavino. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Everybody's chipper this morning. Yep. I had extra coffee. Okay. Had, this is going to be a hell of a I show. Prince Settlement. Prince uh, Settlement. Yes. Coffee. Roasting. Roasting company. Very good. Was that a plug? We yeah, yeah, plugging you, a coffee you bag, company? You got a bag from them? You don't remember? I haven't given it's it delicious. to him yet. No, I didn't. I did get a bag. That's right. I did get a bag, but I have a. Uh, what do you call it? a coffee maker that only does the pods? Yeah, it's, so it's a, I've tried what? to do the create a pod out yeah, of did, what's did. in there. Yeah, yeah so that, that didn't well. that didn't work yeah. out. Exactly. The, a little grainy. So, the, so I uh, need to get them into so the I had pod. To order business. another coffee pod just for that coffee. Well, that's right. <laughs> so, that's right. I, I've got a big coffee pot up there just for the French Settlement coffee. Shout out Lagrange yeah, 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 family. Yeah, legit people. They yeah, also cool. gave cool. me a, a Shinerbach sign for my bar. Um, Shout out Shinerbach. Shinerbach <laughs> needs to sponsor us. Yeah. Right, hey, y'all, let me tell you about something real quick. And, and I know um, Mike and Jim care about this also, but I got to do a lot of cool things um, since being in podcasts. And, and this weekend, I'm going to be a judge in the uh, market on the Hill annual cookoff. This is going to be on Sunday, March 12th. 2023 at the Barn Hill Preserve in Ethel, Louisiana. Now, y'all, it's it's a, it's like a two day market deal. It's a big deal. The you know all the craftsmen and politicians, everybody comes out. It's a and they only host this a couple times a year. But so it all the proceeds go to benefit St. Jude's and who doesn't love what they're doing there. One of the best charities, right. most beautiful charities sure, on earth. Right. And and so I would encourage you to come out. Uh, I think the the gates open at ten on Sunday, and it's like five dollars a person for, and you can eat all the jambalaya, taste all the jambalaya that you want. And I'm gonna tell you which one's gonna be the most fire. Love you it. Get to judge awesome. the winners, and all again, all the proceeds go to St. Jude's, and and we love it, uh, what they're doing with those kid, children and their families. So. Come check me out, Market on the Hill, this Sunday, March 12th. And the the judging is at noon, but I'll be there when they open. All right. Very good. Yeah. Great Very cause, good. Woody. Great yeah. cause. Yeah. Uh, I unfortunately won't be there because simultaneously I'm judging the Miss Kinky Louisiana <laughs> competition, <laughs> which is also another terrific cause yeah, where yeah. we hope to raise lots of money. <laughs> Who they, they're sponsoring should businesses jail <laughs> yes. fines yeah. should businesses involved yes we'll have a remote with her well let's uh, since everybody's pretty chipper this morning why don't we start off with a fun story not so much everybody loves pedophile news don't they oh my god yeah let's talk about this jack off 
Jared from Subway. Everybody remembers Jared from Subway yeah. and all the Subway commercials. And some people may have forgotten that uh, that Jared ran into a little problem a few years back. So we're mm-hmm. going to tell you, remind you about that problem and unfortunately tell you that uh, that somebody wasted three episodes of a reality series on right. this clown. Right. Um, but, research, uh, yeah. but talk to you about that and uh, bring you up to speed on all things Jared Fogel. So Going back in the time machine a little bit, this guy, I believe it was at Indiana University. So uh, yeah. that's Bloomington, Indiana. Hoosiers. Jared Fogel was a college student struggling with obesity when he started eating Subway sandwiches. So that was this was the whole backstory that this was a, a very overweight guy who just started eating Subway sandwiches. And I believe it was the Subway Turkey Club uh, that was his He uh, had that in the afternoon, and he had the veggie delight for dinner. And he was was obese his entire life. And one day he started and and ended up losing. He he lost 245 pounds. Yeah, that's a lot. And off of that, he became a spokesperson for Subway uh, because he attributed all that weight loss to eating the chain sandwiches. Um, He said back in... Uh, a 1999, boom, Jim. He said back in a 1999 interview, quote, I was reborn in every sense of the word. Subway helped save my life and start over. I can't ever repay that. But that friendly public image was shattered in 2015. And Fogel's stunning downfall is the subject of this new three-part documentary called Jared from Subway, Catching a Monster, which premiered on Monday. Monday, March 6th, on the ID network. I didn't even know there was such a thing as the ID yeah, network. Woody's but, been on the ID network. Discovery. I've been an investigative producer for that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, when they called it ID, I didn't know if they'd have said Discovery. I'd have reacted differently. So I believe the only one of the three of us who has caught this three-episode series yet uh, at this point is Mr. Overton yep. over there. Caught it last night. And uh, – it's just pathetic, and but he, you know, he really became an icon, and he, I think he did over three hundred something commercials in his career with them. But but the main thing he did is he went around the world speaking to kids, and he started in two thousand four. He started whatever the name of his foundation was to get to promote as nonprofit to promote kids to get out there and. Uh, be more active and get less screen time, et cetera. But the guy he hired to promote, to, to run that, to be the CEO, got arrested first. This guy, Russell Taylor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, they're both pieces of shit, but it started. But long time before he got arrested, there was a lady from Florida who was a radio personality and a TV thing. And um, she had him on as a guest. And right, from, they did the radio show first that morning, and he was hitting on her. And when right before they did the TV show, he leaned in and whispered to her. He said, middle-aged kids really turned me on. And so she she had two middle-aged kids. And over the period of course of years, uh, she took it upon herself being an investigative journalist to try to record all the conversations with them, basically reverse grooming to get him to admit to what he liked. And once he did, she went to the FBI, and they investigated him or she, she made like three years worth of tapes and it is disturbing, right? The, the, uh, the stuff he said and it. Morphed, so they actually play him in the, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it, wow. it morphed into, um, it morphed into where they were actually supposed to do a sting where she was going to have her own kids 
uh, have sex with him, and the F, the Jared moved up the date to within forty eight hours, and the FBI says, "Oh, we can't accommodate you on that," and so that she kind of got swept under the rug. She even went to the local Sarasota, Florida Police Department, and told them the FBI's not doing the job. This guy's a pedophile, and they let it go. Yeah. And then when um, Russell, whatever his name is, gets gets Taylor. Uh, uh, he got, and his wife was was an attractive female. That not that it matters, but she had two teenage daughters, and they they got married and moved them in. Uh, turn, he had his own film production company, and he had turns out he had all the bedrooms um, of the girls wired and all that, and and that got sex acts and everything else. But how they he got busted was, um, he was sending some bestiality stuff to a friend and the friend went to the in the um, Indiana State Police and it wasn't illegal to have bestiality porn but it was illegal to engage in the in the, the actual act itself and so they set up um, the wife and they ended up getting a search warrant for his house and that's when they found all the shit on Jared Fogel yeah with the 400 sexually explicit Photos and videos, and uh, so finally, in in 2015, the FBI got Fogel. Uh, he pleaded guilty to both distribution and receipt of child pornography, and to traveling uh, to engage with uh, in illicit sex with a minor. Right. He was sentenced to more than 15 years in federal prison and forced to pay $100,000 to each of 14 victims for a total of 1.4 million. For his part, Taylor was sentenced to 27 years in prison on child pornography uh, charges. Uh, The series, I mean, I don't know why they felt compelled to make this series after uh, all that. Because it just came out again. They have more charges uh, uh, against the mom in in 2021. They they were going back through – and they – discovered another treasure trove or whatever it was, and they had to go back to the daughters, and they ended up with the daughters who are now adults, and uh, it's just pretty disturbing. But, I mean, this guy, I mean, it's not bullshit. that He he talks about them going to um, Malaysia or wherever it is and having sex with, you know, he talks and he says in his own words, he said, I pounded his young ass, and when oh I get to God. pound some of that, and this is the – Everybody's then they show all the celebrities over the years he's been with and all the talk shows and everything else and all the kid talks he gave. He made like over fifteen million dollars. He was getting paid two million dollars a year. Yeah. And uh, and, for a bunch of years. So yeah. And uh you know, and I had totally forgot about that uh, the about this dude until uh uh I saw this. I knew you know, you'd send it to me and then it reminded me on my Discover card, which my son has is in college. I'm paying for all this shit, right? And, and I keep getting these subway bills for $29 each. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can't eat $29 worth of subway by yourself. So I called him last night and I said, you can't go to subway anymore. You know, it, it's amazing because I'm the same crap. Like every time my yeah. son eats at Pizza Hut, it must it's be somehow feeding the world, right? 40 bucks. Right. How the hell yeah. can it be 40 it, it, bucks? It's feeding all his fraternity brothers. Freaking yeah. Pizza Hut. Well, uh, I hope that uh, I hope that they do bring more to the table because he's currently serving 
um, his sentence and is eligible for parole after 13 years. So if they put him away in 2015, uh, that's only five years from now he would be eligible for parole. Yeah, so well, hopefully he, he got arrested in July and, and sentenced in August. He pled out immediately, no trial. So he, he got a hell of a deal as far as I'm concerned. He get, he could have got up to 50 years and as little as five, and he only gave him 15 to me. That's shitty. They should have gave him 50. Well, hopefully there was more they can pile on his little sandwich, and hopefully wherever he right. is, uh, he's uh, he's getting the wrong side of turkey. Well, hopefully he's in a place like this next door I'm going to tell you all about. In California, uh, there was an inmate serving a life sentence for murder, and he confesses in a letter that he beat to death two child molesters with another inmate's cane hours after a prison counselor ignored his urgent warning that he might become violent. Uh, Jonathan Watson, 41, said he clubbed both men in the head on January 16th at the California Substance Abuse Treatment Facility in State Prison in the small central city of Cochrane. The first attack occurred after Watson became enraged that one of the sex offenders was watching a children's television mm. show. And y'all, even inmates hate fucking chemos. Um, Watson believed the man began taunting other inmates by watching children's television programming. And <laughs> the, this behavior does not comply with Woody Overton's manual on child <laughs> molester <laughs> inmate protocol while in a pod <laughs> with well-muscled, bearded white men with facial tattoos. Yeah, the, That the, is in the, your manual. Yeah, and y'all, uh, we'll put this guy's uh, – it is it, – it, it's like subsection A, paragraph one, right? And, but this guy's photograph needs to be on all our social media. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you something. That's the lowest of the low. I mean, I'd, I'd rather deal with murder than a chemo. Well, and, and the, the Jonathan Watson guy said... I could not sleep having not done what every instinct told me I should have done right then and there. So I packed all of my things because I knew one way or another the situation would be resolving the following day. Absolutely. <laughs> so he, he, uh, somebody's cane he knew what was going to go down. Yeah. And, and he told the— he told them he was going to do it. So yeah, I mean, what happens in a case like that? Well, he, how many life sentences can you get? He was already doing life. And, and they—I mean— Nobody's going to give him the death penalty for beating two child molesters to death. I wouldn't. So yeah, I'm sure he's going to get two more life sentences. So his friend who had a cane in uh, – so if you can prove you've got a leg injury, hip injury, whatever oh, yeah, that's – People, they have – I mean, that's that's a legit deal. They give them state-issue canes, and uh, I've seen convicts on walkers or wheelchairs or whatever. Then once it's established you have that, I mean – I mean, it's no different than Jeffrey Dahmer getting beat to death with a mop bucket uh, handle, right? I mean, no, oh, but a cane's pretty good. Cane's pretty handy weapon. Yeah, yeah it's pretty uh, easy to wield I mean, versus got, a wheelchair. You got to have it. You got to have it. And, uh, you know, Locke keeps an honest man honest, and um, this guy did uh, the whole world a, a, a service, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, and he's very proud of it. So, yeah. um, uh, good on him. Great story there. Yeah. So justice. Sometimes justice is just us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Some good old inmate justice, as they call that. It's not every day that 
a story out of Baton Rouge becomes a national story. And the story we're about to get into has become a really large national story in the last 48, 72 hours. It's actually played out over a couple of week period, but we're really fortunate to sit here with Jim and Woody with their knowledge of the city and and uh, the geography, some of these places, et cetera. So I, I want to do a, a quick reconstruction of uh, Nathan Millard's visit to Baton Rouge, the purpose of it, what we know about uh, his short time here before uh, some bad things happened, and then try and piece together, uh, at least throw out some uh, theories about what might have happened and at what point. And so, uh, so Millard is going to fly to Baton Rouge for a business meeting about a potential construction deal. It's a quick turnaround. He's going to be here for 24 hours or less. He flies in late afternoon. He meets up with the guy he's uh, uh, looking at this deal with. So a, a client, they decide to go to an LSU Vanderbilt basketball game that night at LSU. Uh, he FaceTimes his wife from the game, so we know he was there. We know that she saw him. In fact, that's the last time that she would ever speak to him. We know that from the game, they decide to go to a gentleman's club, and they have a few drinks, perhaps a few dances at the gentleman's club. We know that they go from there to a place called Happy's Pub and have dinner and cocktails. We know that Millard gets overserved or uh, maybe peaks his drunk at uh, – uh, at Happy's to the point that the uh, the staff there believes he's had enough. And so at uh, at 1030, uh, he, uh, he leaves after he's told they will not serve him anymore. He's seen leaving uh, Happy's by uh, video cameras uh, at 1030. At 1130, he is seen arriving at a Greyhound bus station on Florida Street, which I don't know the geography that well. Guys, how far is that from uh, from Happy's? It's always uh, about four and a half miles. Okay. Third Street is where Happy's is. Uh, it's less than a block from, from Happy's to Florida, but Florida is the main intersection, uh, the main drag in downtown, if you will, and it's 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 a long ass ways. Okay, I want to finish the timeline, but obviously intrigued with why would he go from that restaurant bar to four or five miles away to a Greyhound bus station? Uh, let's come back to that in a little bit. But we're told that while he is at that uh, that Greyhound bus station, a security guard asks if. He can help officers to call him an Uber, et cetera. Millard does not accept. The guard said Millard does not appear to be in distress, uh, but does seem out of place. And I would think he would be. This is a, a businessman from Atlanta area in for a 24-hour meeting. That part of town in a Greyhound station at, 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 at that night. time at night, right, probably right. not right. where you would expect to see a guy like that. So between 1130 and 4.30, which is so wide. We're talking about a five-hour period. Things get a little bit fuzzy. Police say they're able to track Millard, or maybe they mean track uh, Millard's uh, phone. I don't exactly know, but they're able to track Millard around several businesses in the area over the course of the next several hours. He is seen 
according to this report, which is this is coming from uh, WSB in Atlanta, which is the, the number one news source in Atlanta. So he is seen at a business around 4.30 a.m., but police do not uh, reveal what business he's seen at at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, new surveillance video shows Millard walking with a person in a light-colored shirt and shorts in the area about the same time. We don't know who that person was. Um, and that's where we, that's all we know about that night slash morning. So the night of February 22nd into the morning of February 23rd, the client that Millard has come in town to, uh, to see uh, is expecting Millard to show up at a meeting nine o'clock. Uh, I think it was early, actually earlier than that, probably an eight o'clock meeting or 8.30 meeting the next morning, Millard does not show up. And so the client calls the police to request a welfare check. Um, and at uh, at some point, and uh, they don't find him, he's not in his hotel room, it has not been slept in. At some point during the day, his wallet and phone are found on the ground several blocks from his hotel. Okay, that's a timeline. Guys, help me. Just- what- just a and just a couple of things on something you mentioned. They do know who the guy in the light colored shirt and shorts are. That was actually a homeless person that they did speak with, uh, and I guess ruled him out of any, you know, foul play situation as far as having something to do with with anything. But did he say anything? I mean, did he do anything? Oh, I, they're not saying. Yeah, or, they're not. They're saying anything. But the the problem with this whole thing is. This kicked off a bit of a shit show, and Baton Rouge prides itself on a Third Street. And my father actually owns Happy's Irish Pub, the building, and, and several other buildings down there. They it's a cleaner version of Bourbon Street uh, um, or Bill Street in Memphis. They talent they, they you know the live music's down there and everything else. Um, but this Georgia man goes missing. I. Th- I didn't want to report on this until we had more facts, but I said immediately he's dead. Um, but I figured they'd find him in the Mississippi River. But this is before all the cameras and everything else came out. Investigation, Ecos, Texas Eco Search comes in. Um, they do a grid search of downtown Baton Rouge. That's when they, you know, evidently locate these cameras and everything else. But after two weeks, almost two weeks went by, a person is walking on Chippewa near scenic and they smell uh that smell that only that smell gives how close is that to the greyhound station it's probably another couple miles away really and it's the let me put it to you this way when you when he left happy's and he ends up taking a right on florida boulevard the further east he went the worse the neighborhood got okay when you cross underneath the interstate which is probably Two miles from Happy's, just uh, and another two and a half miles from the Greyhound station, it gets worse and worse and worse. Chippewa and Scenic is like ground zero. He didn't have a car. He did have a rent a car. No, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. He, uh, I know that there's been no report of a car. And if if they've tracked him on cameras at these businesses, then that I would assume he's on foot. Uh, I mean, but. you know, Four plus miles. I mean, if you fucked up, yeah, you know, you're walking and you're doing. Maybe he's looking for another bar. I, I don't know. But what he did know is he was walking into the wrong place. Yeah. Um, so, 
Parsons Sorry, but they would, they would have known had he gotten an Uber or a Lyft yeah. to go that distance. And so he's either right. he's either in somebody else's car that's not a, the, a cab driver. The thing about service. the downtown where 3rd Street is, you get a block off of that in any direction. It's not shit. The downtown is, is almost strictly government business, law offices, things like that. It's open during the daytime. Most of the restaurants even close at, uh, after lunch. Okay, that's why then when they revitalized 3rd Street and turn it into you know, live music venues and restaurants and all that. But you go you go east from there, there's nothing. You hit the interstate, there's less than nothing. There's nothing but the hood. And and I'm not being racist or anything else. I'm just telling you, uh, anybody that challenges my statement, you go walk it at nighttime. And and uh, uh, so the, and the Greyhound bus station, same thing. So, But regardless, this person, two weeks later, uh, um, smells the death smell and they call and it's investigated um they had to id the body by um, it was badly decomposed because it was wrapped in plastic and carpet and jim you know my buddy shane from wisconsin up there and right now they're in the 30s we've been in the 80s the last two weeks right right so being wrapped up the body's going to speed speed the decomposition yeah it it will and um you know, there was a lot of questions surrounding a lot of things with that scene. And uh, so BRPD came out. They issued a statement uh, to kind of address some of these questions. One of the questions that was glaring and what some people may not realize is that a lot of that carpet that he was found in was left at the scene after the body was picked up. Um, they never picked it up. Now, you don't have to be Woody Everton to know that that might be a key piece of evidence. I mean, that's a that's a, a questionable thing because although you may have predetermined there was no foul play, how many times does that happen yeah. on cases? And then later on, oh, there was foul play. So right. you you can't to me you can't make that big of a decision now. In in, in defense of BRPD. In that press conference, they, you know, they alluded to the fact that they took some of the carpet, but there it was a giant roll, and there was only a, maybe a certain aspect that that he was rolled in. That sounds horrible, but maybe they cut that carpet, and the guy went as far as to say, "We took what we needed to take with that carpet." Yeah. Well, let me tell you my thoughts on on that, and you know. Work so many scenes like this where the general public doesn't know when the coroner comes out and it's a suspicious death certainly but there's no bullet holes no bruising even the bodies in in decomp there's no obvious signs of trauma the first thing they're going to do on scene is take about a, a, a big ass syringe and needle and they're going to jam it into your pelvic area into um uh, where your urine is and they take a sample of your urine on site and they put it on what they call the board. The board lists any type of um, uh, narcotics that you have in your system and, and it's, it's uh, qualitative, not quantitative, but it, 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 I'm just speculating y'all. I'm, I can't say for sure, but I would imagine it came back with fentanyl or, or heroin or whatever. And they're thinking it's OD. Now the problem with that is 
UOD, you didn't wrap yourself up in plastic and then a, a big old roll of carpet. Um, that press conference they held, uh, Chief Murphy Paul, who I used to work with, state police, saying, you know, um, no foul after right after the autopsy, they said no foul play suspected. It's safe to come down to Baton Rouge. Da 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 da. Well, certainly. You should have taken the carpet, all of it. They, I mean, you could get rid of it. And, you know, who the problem with it is, even if it's an overdose under the Louisiana law, and we did one of the first cases here in Livingston Parish way back in the early 2000s, if I sell Jim Chapman heroin and he ODs on it, you can be charged with murder. Okay. The, the, for, I could be charged with the murder for selling him the dope. Somebody sold this guy from Georgia dope. Certainly he didn't get through TSA and everything in, and, and end up walking in the hood late at night and OD and then wrap himself up. Right. Well, we're, we're going to play, we're going to play the clip in which the, uh, one of the detectives on this case responds to just that question with the rug. For those of you that may not have heard it in the BRPD press conference and just feel it's important that you that you hear this response. Um, it was reported that his body was wrapped up in a rug. Um, the rug is still sitting there, and a lot of people want to know why it wasn't collected. Okay, so whenever whenever we go to a crime scene, um, our detectives and um, our crime scene investigators they confer with each other on what needs to be taken and what doesn't. Um, The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. All right, guys. We've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, Must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, Lord. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like a day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill a 1,000 wild boars, 
and you idiots end up killing a thousand Shiner box at the same time. That's going to happen. Well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called Recess Mood. Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess Mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. That's takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. Mm. Those sound yummy. Yeah. It's only got 20 calories, doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had Guilt Woody, but if you do, Recess Mood could help you get rid of it. Guilt, but I've had the pain of not having a recess. Okay, well, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement. And they didn't deem it necessary for them to take the entire rug. And I'll just leave that at that. I know there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of information going on about what we may have found out there, what we may not have. Um, And once again, that's part of the investigation, so I don't want to put that information out. I mean, what do do you think? Is that acceptable? I don't know. I I wasn't there. I I don't know what their logic is. Um, I I mean, if if it's a big-ass piece of of carpet or whatever, that tells me um, more than one person had to roll it up, right? But so you, you can look on DNA and on the whole thing. I don't know. That's uh, so armchair quarterback. And I would, you know, certainly, I don't think they they thought anybody was going to go to scene and say, oh, God, they didn't take all the carpet. I would take the whole fucking thing in, in case, in, in, you know, in case something happens. Right? Yeah, and, and in this particular area where they found, not only the area, but the actual business in which they found this body, Y'all, it it was a old, raggedy, looked like a crack house business that was basically two little oil change uh, bays. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. bays. And, it, and, and just to throw this out there, the in, in the same time frame in the last two weeks, they hadn't said they're connected. Uh, certainly, there have been two more bodies found and what I, I think one of them was even found wrapped up so i mean whatever the uh why they didn't take it i don't know uh, but the deal is the the family now is challenging brpd and they they're asked for the state louisiana state police to come in and investigate the problem with that is the lsp I used to be an investigator form. We never went in unless the agency that handled the case requested you to come in. You, you just didn't do it. And certainly BRPD is not going to go back and say, oh, well, you know, we're incompetent. Uh, can uh, yeah, say, no, please come not. take this over, right? From, from the outside looking in, because I'm not the Baton Rouge guy, mm-hmm. uh, to declare no foul play on something that indicates on 100% foul play makes – Zero sense. I don't care how much 
you are uh, trying to keep the public calm and how much you're trying to protect your downtown business and uh, and and uh, convince people that it's safe to be going down there. That seems to be a disingenuous statement. And there's that piece of it. And then there's the, and, and gosh, I, I makes me think of the Madison Brooks case as well, is, is if you get to the point that you are uh, so out of it as to not know where you are, as to be disoriented and with the high blood alcohol level or drugs, I mean, anything can happen. This guy gets to a place in this uh, in the city that neither of you guys would make that walk, right? Nope. Nope. No way. I wouldn't drive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And so he had whatever he had in him, he got in him early enough to be, I don't think you just get hammered at a bar. I, I don't know. I'm going to tell you like something. That. Happy's is, is, um, I mean, I've frequented it over the years is, and, uh, you're going to do some drinking and happy's right. I mean, you have your own mug hanging. So, so maybe, maybe and look, they went to a, they went to a strip club before right, that. Right. I mean, and maybe it's a probably going to do some drinking or fall out. Um, like my son works in another bar. Now he said they're really, uh, tightening down on him because of the Madison Brooks case. And, and so maybe that, but maybe he got out and did whatever. We don't know. Um, heart goes out to the family and hopefully if it's, it's a foul play, they're not just trying to cover it up because of tourism. Well, and look, it's it, what you said uh, about uh, the possibility of fentanyl. I mean, let's face it. It's the number one killer now of people age 15 to 45 in the United States. And so if, He's out of town. He's having fun on a trip. It's a 24-hour turnaround. He's really going to party it up. And he decides that whatever it was, a joint, uh, uh, you know, some kind of pill, probably a pill, uh, that he's going to take and he gets directed to some particular person to get it. Um, And, you know, boom. And look, it's happening to kids on college campuses that are just looking to get an edge on studying uh, by – Taking something, I mean, it's it's scary, but it sure sounds like maybe this is going in the direction of something like that. Well, and and you know, one of the things that has come out as recently as yesterday afternoon is the the wife, which I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but this this gentleman had five kids throughout a. It was a blended family, right. so. Um, uh, there were five uh, kids of various ages between him and his and his wife, and she has come out and stated, you know, number one, these people are not from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but it, it shows the reputation of Baton Rouge, Louisiana from Atlanta area relative to the crime rate. Because one of the things she said she was first concerned with on an interview was, uh, with Kieran unfiltered with Kieran was that the crime rate was so high here. It, it, you know, her initial assumption was they're incompetent. The police there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it is, it's extremely high crime rate. Um, of course you don't throw all police under that same bus. Uh, there's some people responsible and, and most are awesome folks over there. Um, all of that being said, she, has not been able to get a whole lot of answers out of them either on or off the record 
Uh, she feels roadblocked about this whole situation and has written a request uh, to the bat, uh, state police to take over that case. Now, I don't know, Woody, if, if someone can it. Can a victim's family do that? They, they can certainly do it, but then the response is going to be from the colonel. We do not get involved in an investigation unless we're asked by the investigative agency. Or now, if there's if there's, if there's right, well, if there's a cover up, or whatever, then they're going to have to turn the general's office involved and all that. Gotcha. So, but still, that's not done. The whole problem with this whole case now is he's found wrapped in plastic and carpet. In the hood, dead. And you can't do that by yourself. You can't do that by yourself. So stay tuned, and um, we'll keep y'all updated as it unfolds. No and intended. five kids in Atlanta right. are without yeah. a dad. God bless them. Yeah. Unbelievable. You guys big NBA fans? I used to be a huge NBA fan back when Bird and Jordan and you know real NBA players were playing. <laughs> real NBA players. Listen to Jim. Dominique. Woody? No? Yeah. NBA? Absolutely not. Well, no? No I Pels games? No? No. no. Uh, I got to get my kids to one, but. Okay. But you guys know who John ja Morant is? I've heard the name. Only because I play NBA 2K. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Jim? John ja Morant? I do know. I'm familiar with him. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully more folks in our audience are. But John ja Morant is a phenomenon. He is a uh, a player who, uh, in just a couple of years in the league, has become one of the faces in the league, certainly one of the key younger faces uh, in the league on a resurgent team, the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, that uh, uh, that have become uh, you know one of the top teams in the NBA and a team that many people feel uh, could win an NBA championship in the next couple of years. And a lot of pressure has been put on this young man's shoulders. Well, the other night, John Morant, following a uh, road loss in uh, Colorado playing against the Denver Nuggets, ended up in a club after the game in a suburb of Denver called Glendale, where he posted on Instagram Live uh him singing and uh, and dancing within the uh, club to some rap music, but in the video, he is seen with a gun, brandishing a weapon, which is a major no-no on a bunch of levels. Uh, take the legal part out of it for a second and just take the uh, the NBA part of things. This is one of the faces of this league the league is incredibly image conscious, and uh, and there he is, social media uh, with a gun. And so, shortly after the video was posted, the Memphis Grizzlies announced that Moran would be stepping away from the team for at least the next two games. So, I think the Grizzlies may have been hoping it would uh, it would end there. Morant came out next day. He uh, apologized to his teammates. He took responsibility for his actions. He apologized to the fans. He vowed to, quote, take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and his overall well-being. 
the Grizzlies coach is a guy by the name of Taylor Jenkins. He said there is currently no timetable for Morant to return to the court following that statement. So I think their next two games uh, statement earlier uh, morphed into uh, waiting until, you know, no no timetable until he is ready to come back. And so, um, like I said, the two-time All-Star is uh, one of the faces of the league, and this was uh, a major, major story in uh, social media. It's not clear at this point if the gun was real or not. I'm sure that'll come out in the next couple of days. The NBA uh, has opened its own investigations and uh, its own investigation of the uh, of the case and uh, uh uh, NBA journalist Mark Stein uh, appeared on the League Uncut podcast the other day and said different elements of this situation could lead to a suspension. There is also investigation being led by uh, local officials who may end up charging him with some kind of gun crime. And so, uh, you know, here we have a professional Sports player, a leader in the league, one of the faces of the league, um, you know, out on the town with a uh, gun. And this story inspired me, guys, for a game. And I think we really need a game at the end of this episode. Who's up for a game? Me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh. Oh, my goodness. They don't seem as inspired. The audience loves games, guys. Yeah, I like they games. Okay, so we are going to play <clears throat> a uh, a game I have entitled Jailed Jock Jeopardy. All right. So our questions are going to refer to professional athletes that have gone to prison. Okay, professional okay. athletes that have gone to prison. Okay. We have two categories of professional athletes that have gone to prison. We have the NFL. So obviously these are uh, current or former players within the National Football League that have gone to prison. And we have a uh, separate category of Major League Baseball, the NBA, and fighting sports that I have thrown all together. So boxing, MMA, NBA, Major League Baseball uh, are all in that second category this time we have 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, and 1,000 oh, point questions. Up. And we have uh, two daily doubles out there where you can bet as much as $8,000. So Stepping we are uh, we are keeping it real. I believe, Woody, you were the victor last time we played. My pure accent because I suck at names. I can't remember names. <laughs> well, hopefully you can remember some famous athletes' names. Um, I need to keep score. So we're going to do this the same um, way we did we did last time. Yeah, where uh, where you guys are uh, you guys are uh, yelling out when you uh, uh, when you believe you have the answer. Sure. And same rules as always. If uh, uh, if you weigh in, I'll stop reading the question. You need to answer it then. If you get the question wrong, you lose those points, and the other player gets a chance to hear the entire question and then uh, choose whether they want to answer or not. Answer. NFL for 100. Woody goes with NFL for 100. Remember, you've got to answer in the form of a question. 
born outside of Norfolk, Virginia. I was an All-American. He was an All-American. And the first player drafted in the 2001 NFL draft. I spent 20, I don't know why this high, excuse me. He spent 21 months in a federal prison after pleading guilty. You got it. I got it. What uh, um, The dog fighter, Michael Vick. Michael Vick. <clears throat> he didn't say who, who is. is Michael who is Vick. Michael Vick? <laughs> who is Michael Vick is a correct answer. If I finished it, I would have said I spent 21 months. He spent 21 months in a federal prison after pleading guilty. I was trying to think of who was going to be so famous. For his involvement in a dog fighting ring. What do you have the board and 100 points? NFL 200. NFL for 200. He was a two-time All-American and recipient of the 1959 Heisman Who Trophy. Who is Billy Kanan? Yeah. Yeah, give me, yeah, he got me. Jim, the 1959 giveaway. Recipient of the 1959 Heisman Trophy and the first pick of the 1960 draft. In 1983, after a series of bad real estate investments, he became involved in a counterfeiting scheme and served two and a half years. You can catch that on Bloody Angola. In prison. Angola. Yes, you can catch that on Bloody Angola. In 1995, he was hired as a dentist at the Louisiana State Prison. Then he was Angola. head of the whole medical program, and he's buried in a casket made by the inmates from Angola. Check out Bloody Angola, the podcast. There you go. Now, Jim, you have the board. I'll take uh, what was the other category? And the other, yeah, is, I'll is take that one for a thousand. Really? Yep. Going. I should restrict you guys from doing these big point ones until the end. Remember, they always get harder as we go along. At least theoretically, <laughs> it's all right. Theoretically, they get they get harder. Okay. This is a thousand point question in Major League Baseball, NBA, and the fighting sports. His nickname is a natural disaster, but Denzel was anything but. Who is uh, uh, Hurricane? See, we don't know who. We got to have some way of buzzing in or something. We have to hit the tie. That was a tie. It was a tie buzzing in. It was an incorrect answer. Correct. So only fair that, Jim, you. Uh, get a chance to answer. You've heard the, oh, you haven't heard the entire clue. His nickname is a natural disaster. You're going to say the same thing. But no. Denzel was anything but when he played him in a 1999 film. Who is not the hurricane? <laughs> you to say the same thing. So you but I, I can't remember the guy's actual right, name. Right. Ruben Hurricane Carter. Yeah, Hurricane should, should be legit. No, that's not the answer. Well, that's his name. So his name is Ruben <laughs> Carter, <laughs> who incidentally was so uh, I would, I uh, was incarcerated for almost twenty years and then released. Yeah. Um, uh, and that was a great movie, 1999, The Hurricane, starring Denzel Washington as Reuben Hurricane Carter. Okay, so you're both in negatives now. Uh, so we'll, I'm negative 900, we'll tally negative 1,000. Oh, no, Jim's got it over there. Okay, I thought you were keeping track. You still, uh, you still have the board. Negative 9 and negative 1. Okay, let's do um, uh, same category for 100. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit less bold than his last bet. Even Same category it, for a hundred. Right. Okay. In 1992, he was convicted of rape and sentenced to six years in prison. 
His wife, Robin Givens. Who is Mike Tyson? Jim, with 100 points, who is Mike Tyson? His wife, Robin Givens, filed the charges. He launched his podcasting career in 2015 with producer Mike Agavino on the show, Bite the Mic. Bite the Mic. Love Mike. All tied. Jim has the board. Go for 200, same category. 200, same category. Okay. You can call him by any one of the three names he's used during his life. He was one of the chief instigators in a fight that became known as the Malice in the Palace. Who banged? He did. Who is uh, Muhammad Ali? Oh, that would be an incorrect. I know. I know. I, know, I, know the I, I was right. thinking Rumble and Jungle because he's one of the instigators. I know he's it's the okay, promoter. So I'll finish. Yeah. I'll finish the sentence. Uh, the clue. He was one of the chief instigators in a fight that became known as the Malice in the Palace between his Indiana Who Pacers. Is? Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't answer yet. Uh, you started to answer. What he, All right. Who's Don King? <laughs> I know who it is it's now, but I can't say It's a fucking basketball question, yeah. not a boxing question. You both lose 200 there. What was that? Uh, you're talking finish, about Isaiah Thomas, aren't you? No, I'm not. I don't so know anything the, about basketball. The one of three bird. names. He was one of the chief instigators in the fight that became known as the Malice in the Palace between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. He won the NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award in 2004, and he was also named an NBA All-Star, earned All-NBA honors. He won an NBA championship in 2010 as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. He was was Dennis Rodman. I said he had three names you could call him by. You could have called him Ron Artest. Uh, you could have called him Meadow World Peace. Don't know anything about that. That's right. Yeah. You could have called him oh my God. Late for Dinner. I still okay. got it wrong. Okay. okay. <laughs> late for Dinner. Wow. All right. Next one. Jim, you're still up. So, same category. What number? 30. This is a daily double. So you can nope. bet as much as $1,000 on this question. Go for it, Jim. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bet 500 Jim's going to bet 500 And since it is a daily double, only you can answer. I won't say anything. Okay. It's simply amazing that three players from the same World Series championship team would all end up in federal prison. But that's exactly what happened to the 1986 New York Mets. Can you name two of the three players to go to prison. Who is Dwight Gooden and who is Daryl Strawberry? Bingo. Whoa. 500 for Jim. The third being the third being Lenny Dykstra. Catcher. All the same charge. You met fans. What a great no Strawberry all different was a, What a great yeah. team and uh, what a waste of talent on my You got that right. All right. All right, you're Jim, up, Jim gaining on zero here, so you're back at it, Jim. Uh, let's go same category. And what do we have left on that We have 400 and 500 left. Let's go with 500. 500 is another daily double. (laughs) I'm going to do a thousand. You're going to do a thousand this time. Okay. So you're 500. Okay. Let's see. Both he and his father share the same name 
and each of them serve time. The younger one is considered by many to be the greatest pound-for-pound fighter of all time. The younger one has made so much of it that his nickname became Money. Name this father-son duo. That's easy. Uh, First and last name? Yes. Uh, I actually know these names. uh, Who is... I have to say the first and last name. It's Mayweather, who is uh, um, what he's distracting me. <laughs> That's a fifteen. I got point. That's a fifteen one. point penalty. Oh, for I, I don't get any. I don't get any points. Anyway. Um, I can tell you the answer. You don't get to answer this daily well, double. He controls know, it, so I don't let him distract. Let me say about it. Who is somebody's never in my kitchen? <laughs> oh my god! Three, two. One. I'm gonna tell you the answer. But I know I don't it's get Mayweather. points. It's Floyd Mayweather Junior. and Senior. Floyd May- Mayweather Senior. and Junior. So I'm not a baseball or basketball fan. But I'm a boxing. Jim has got a thousand point ding there. That so hurts. he's down 500. I think Mayweather should be acceptable. I thought the Hurricanes should be acceptable. You yeah. do still have the board, Jim. Let's go 400. Same category. 400. Okay. They still won't let Charlie Hustle in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But on April 20th, 1990. Who is Pete Rose? Who is Pete Rose? 400 for Jimbo. So Jimbo is minus 100. Uh, he entered a plea of guilty to two charges of filing false income tax returns, not showing income he received from selling autographs and memorabilia and from horse racing winnings and was sentenced to five months in the medium security prison camp at the U.S. Penitentiary in Marion, Illinois. Former players agree that he bet on baseball games but say it was always on his team. Pete Rose. Okay, we're back to the NFL. And we have the 300, the 300... 400, 500, and 1,000 point question available. And, Jim, you still have the board. Uh, Let's do the 300. 300, okay. He caught the game-winning touchdown in Super Bowl 42 as the Giants pulled off the huge upset over the undefeated New England Patriots. Who is Frank Gifford? <laughs> Super Bowl Forty Two. I got it. No, I don't. I don't think Frank Gifford was alive when Super Bowl Forty Two. It was Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> it's almost as a big a debacle as my attempt to do the Royals uh, thing last episode. I don't know no. about that, Mike. Okay. <laughs> On November twenty eighth, two thousand eight, he suffered an accidental, self inflicted gunshot wound. Well, you didn't say who it was. Well, I'm reading you the rest of the questions. On November 28, 2008, he suffered an accidental self-inflicted gunshot wound inside a New York nightclub when he inadvertently pressed the trigger on his Glock pistol. He spent 20 months in prison in a plea deal for two felony counts of criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree and a single count of reckless endangerment. I remember that case. I don't remember the name. His name is Plaxico Burris. Also played for Nick Saban at Michigan State. Yes, he did. It was also known also as Plexiglass. Played for the Pittsburgh State. Because he got hurt every time he got tackled. Which is the team yeah. he's probably best known for playing for. I don't yeah. think I can catch Jim out. I think he won. Okay. Uh, mental note, no more sports trivia, Mike. Uh, you got three questions left. Ready. I don't think I can win. 
My over-under is that there's about 5,000 women in our audience who are kicking both of your asses in this right now. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> um, that for a second. I don't either. <laughs> Go ahead. You're still up. What do you oh, you uh, what's left? Four or five and a thousand. Let's do a thousand. Thousand. Give Woody a chance. Ooh, this is thousand. a tough one. He was ranked as the number one draft bust in NFL history after having been is that, is that? We haven't done anything yet. I, I, okay, I, you, I, like I just that. have to. Well, well, I'm getting ready to okay, hit it. Okay. Who's Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> Finish your question okay. so I can win this. He was ranked as the number one draft bust in NFL history after having been taken second by the San Diego Chargers behind Peyton Ooh, Manning in the 1998 NFL draft. Quarterback. Who is Ryan Leaf? Yep. Who is Ryan Leaf? And wow, he got Jimbo. Caught, okay. He got caught doing some burger charges later on, too. That's it. The game's over. Jim wins by default. We got to end this episode. Not, what, <laughs> I want it, I want the next two. <laughs> Let's do the 500 one, and then we'll All right, we'll Here's one the five, more. All right. Here's the 500. You have a chance here, Woody. I have, I have faith in you. An All-American. No, stop. An All-American <laughs> at the University of Florida. He teamed up with Rob. Who's Danny Werfel? Who is not Danny Werfel? <laughs> He teamed up with Rob Gronkowski to form one of the greatest tight end combinations in NFL history. Unfortunately, it didn't last long as he couldn't escape his gang roots and was arrested for murder and later committed suicide. Who is Hernandez? First name? Dead ass Hernandez. (laughs) Hercules Hernandez. (laughs) He killed... He, I mean, stupid ass. Her okay, Woody, we're going to give that to you because it's meaningless. Yeah. His first name was Aaron Hernandez. Uh, once again, I'm left apologizing to the audience for a segment that turns into a debacle. Uh, but, Jim, he was a great player. congratulations I'm winning on That's your all that victory. <laughs> yes, you did. All right. And putting it all out of his misery for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, folks. I'm I'm going to spend <laughs> the next uh, 27 hours of my life editing this disaster here. Um, yeah. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton, and I'm Mike Agavino for Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. Show business. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.